So we are live in the Kitty Boss private Facebook group, as well as Cat Lady Justin's Facebook page, as well as on YouTube on my uh, Justin Answer um, channel. Uh, I have yet to figure out how to add the other one, because uh, I, I would like to do that. But yeah, so today is, of course, our second Friday of the month. Uh, when we're recording this, I'll upload this to the podcast uh, at a later date on Catterday, so tomorrow. And so we are here, of course, with Dr. Rachel Geller, the amazing, the talented, the beautiful cat behaviorist and chaplain. And I'm Justin, and I'm once again wearing a cat tie. Today it's this one. I have about 20 of them, so I don't know if you'll like it, but if, even if you don't, I'm still going to wear it because I, I like this one. But that's, uh, that's who we are today. And last month, we discussed all of the relevant things having to do with Christmas, with New Year's, with fireworks, with presents, and what to do with your cats. So we won't discuss that today, obviously, because that's now behind us. But I just wanted to find out how your holidays went, how your New Year's went. Dr. Rachel? Oh, I had a lovely New Year's Eve. Um, a little quieter than usual because of the, um, you know, current state of COVID. But it was lovely. We had a quiet New Year's Eve. I spent a lot of the night with my cats. Um, I have a little guy going to come behind me right now. I see him. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hey. Ooh, look at that. Yeah, so he, it's a very cold day here um, in the Northeast, um, in the United States. It's very cold, it's very blustery, so he's still on the radiator. But I had a lovely New Year's, thank you for asking, and you know, wished for a 2022 filled with good health, happiness, and lots of peace. And that's all well. yeah that's awesome yeah i had very similar it was very quiet it was me with emily and charlotte although i have a wonderful friend of mine who's a very talented locksmith so shout out to jake if you're listening although you're not a he's a dog person so i doubt he's listening but just in case and because he's a locksmith obviously you know christmas is like a work day for him because that's like he can charge more money obviously and also uh lots of people get locked out <laughs> so so he's uh he's constantly working so he managed to take an hour stop by have a, a coffee with me as well as uh the mince pies that i baked i baked the original victorian recipe so uh it actually has both the fruit and the beef in it it's amazing by the way cold obviously and it's sweet so it's wonderful uh i i don't make it every year but this year i wanted to make it so i made it this year he had some uh hopefully he didn't give any to the dog because dogs shouldn't have raisins but anyway so he he had some and uh we had a lovely time just having a quick chat and then off he went to go work some more so that's pretty much the only visitors i had other than of course spending time with my emily and charlotte and new year's was also the same because of the fireworks and all that i just was here with my cats as i prefer anyway and uh we had a a great time <laughs> together uh ringing in the new year uh just uh, just me and the ladies so that's what we did and uh any any i think you mentioned to me that you were going to go somewhere like somewhere I interesting did. i did go somewhere interesting i went to an exhibit 
in downtown Boston called the Van Gogh Immersive Experience. That's right. Yeah. And how was that? It was lovely to be immersed in Van Gogh. So if you're not familiar with it, we take the actual paintings and they're literally it's in a huge warehouse. So it's huge, you know, floor to ceiling. Um, the paintings are literally floor to ceiling high. They, they go over the top of the ceiling. They are along the bottom of the floor. So when you're sitting down or walking around, you're actually like you're in the painting. You're immersed in wow. his works. Just you can think of some of his more famous works, um, Starry Night comes to mind, and you're actually scrolling through the Starry Night. It was, it was really a lovely experience. And I think for, again, times, it was in a large warehouse. It was, it so, was so, so distant, you know, it was a nice big space, so it felt safe, but you could have a nice time. That sounds amazing. I'd love to visit that one day. That sounds really, really cool. Right. So, um, so for this month, it's the month of January, as you know, the month of New Year's resolutions, as it were. Um, I think I know what we'll talk about next month, uh, February love valentine's day but as far as this month goes are there any sort of new year's resolutions that you would like to share with us for your cats or for other people's cats like maybe a suggestion because i might think of some but i wanted to ask you first if you have any sort of uh resolutions it's not a wish it's something that we're going to we're determined to do this year well, I think if I can get one thing across to my clients who come to me is that cat behavior, people think of, you know, their cats misbehaving. So if there's one resolution I could make, it would be that everybody understands that cats don't misbehave the way we think of misbehaving. They're not doing things in, in terms of thinking this is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. If a cat is engaged in some type of misbehavior, it's because it's trying to resolve some problem in his life as a cat and not as a person. So cats don't deliberately misbehave, don't deliberately try to do something wrong. If they use the litter box, the cat is thinking to himself, I'm going to use the litter box because that's the right thing to do. He's using the litter box because the litter is present his needs, the box is inside, the box is in the right location, and so forth. So it's really important, and that would be my resolution, to get more people to understand that when a cat is in our eyes misbehaving, he's really not. He's engaging in some type of behavior to solve some problem he's presented with, and he's trying to solve it in a way we know how is cat. But I'd like to add one extra little thing about the new year that I have going on. I am starting my own nonprofit, and it's called all cats all the time. This is my first public announcement, Cat Lady just custom. it for the kitty boss. So as you know, I'm a cat behaviorist. Many times I'm suggesting to people, you know, they might need certain things to solve a behavior. Maybe they need a litter box. Maybe they need a scratch Maybe they need toys. And some of my clients are low income. And some of the things I suggest for people can be a little pricey. So, so I'm my own nonprofit, so many people, maybe they say, I really, really want to keep my cat, cat. I want to follow your instructions, but I just can't afford stretching clothes, or that if there are sprays or pieces of icing on top. Now I have that ability to 
get grants, you get funding, and, and help low-income people who want to keep their cat, keep their cat in their home by providing financial support to buy some of the necessary items. Well, that's amazing, and I wanted to thank you for uh, debuting, announcing, revealing this amazing new uh, project, this amazing new mission that you have on our show. So this is the official announcement for the new nonprofit started by, of course, the benevolent <laughs> philanthropist, Dr. Rachel Geller, who uh, doesn't charge for her services because she is so passionate about saving and keeping a thousand cats in their home every year. Her consultations are free. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, it's I, th I find that absolutely amazing. So she's on a mission to do that. And so as part of that mission, of course, she wants to help uh, she makes suggestions, right? So some of them cost money because obviously she doesn't wave a magic wand and cure your cat of whatever its problems are, but she makes suggestions that you then have to implement. And some of them involve buying things like a heat pad or a slowdown bowl or a cat puzzle feeder, all these things, but they add up. And so what if you can't afford that? Then she's not going to just, uh, you know, spend her own money on you she's already giving you her services for free but what she's done is she's figured out how to start a nonprofit organization that can secure funding get benefactors on board donors and uh whatever else the money comes from uh it's one of the things i do other than cats is 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 nonprofit organization management so if you need my help just let me know uh but how wonderful is that so if you can't afford it well you still have the ability to do what you need to do so that's awesome thank you for announcing that i love that that is absolutely the best new year's resolution isn't it i'm really excited and i did want to say that to announce on your show i actually just finished the paperwork last week and i was thinking you know, I'm not going to put it on my social media. I'm going to announce it with Cat Lady Jen. Yeah, absolutely. And now you can put it on social media. So I think that's really the coolest thing ever. And so that's that's really great. Thank you. I'm just, uh, I don't know what to say because that's really cool. It's the first time anyone's ever done that on this or the other show that I have is make an announcement like that because that is a big deal. It's a very big deal. So that's really cool. And that's awesome for the new year. And uh, I think that resolution is probably the best, the best one. Mine, of course, as you know, is to is to continue working on this podcast and the Facebook page, the Kitty Boss, as well as the the Cat Lady Justin sort of presence on social media, all for the purpose of launching the whole Kitty Boss thing with the the book, the course, the hopefully eventually the products where I put those cartoons I have of Emily and Charlotte on. So it's going to be a whole thing, not a non for profit because that's not uh, that's not in my particular. Uh, wheelhouse uh, at the moment, but uh, it is uh, just something that I think I will support. I will continue to support you in those endeavors uh, as much as I can. And uh, so for me, really the whole resolution is to get this get this launched, get this, get this done. Now we have a comment that someone made, which I have no idea what it means. Uh, so this looks like a Cyrillic alphabet. So whoever this person is, is somewhere from Eastern Europe, I think. 
um, and I'm not sure what that means. FYI, I think means, you know, for your information, but VOR, I don't know what that means. So I th I'm going to hide that now, but thank you. Um, uh, I I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name. I recognize the Cyrillic characters, but I don't know how to speak any of those languages. So uh, thank you for your comment, and, you know, hopefully that was a good thing, and she didn't just cuss us out or something, you know. She just cursed us or something, so hopefully that's a, that's a good thing. But yeah, so that's, that's really, really cool. And I guess the only other thing I was going to talk to you about this month is a little theme that I've had on all my social media posts and the podcast, the, the short ones that I do all the rest of the month, which is the, you know, five-minute versions, which is this month I've been talking a lot about Persians. Um, people wonder, is it, well, is Charlotte, my brother asked me, he should know better, he asked me, is Charlotte a Persian? And I'm like, well, maybe she has some Persian in her, but she's definitely not Persian. Um, she's a mixed breed. But before he was born, uh, he, so he wouldn't know, we had a cat named Leah, and Leah was a beautiful beige Persian cat. So Persians are in my past, and um, they, they have very interesting issues that come along with them. On the health side of things, they get the, you know, you need to clean their eyes, you need to clean their muzzle, you know, they might have some respiratory, a bit like a pug dog, they have some respiratory conditions, but they also tend to have uh, about a third of them, a third of all Persian cats in the world tend to end up with PKD or polycystic kidney disease. So you have to really watch your Persians if you have one for their physical health, their physical health because of the kidneys. Uh, it, they can end up enlarged, they can end up with urinary problems and other things. So it's something really interesting. But on the behavior side of things, we we know that some breeds, and, and my opinion on cat behavior is we, we are a little bit too much prone to stereotype them, just like with people, to say, oh, well, it's a rag doll, so you can just play with it, manipulate it, do this, and all the Bengals are mischievous, and blah, 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 blah. So while there might be some truth and commonalities to these things, I think cats are very individual pets. They're VIPs, so there is too much variation to really pigeonhole them like that. So when it comes to Persians, are there any behavior stereotypes or commonalities that you would bring to our attention? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, always, I always wanted to reiterate, reiterate what you said, said about their special needs, needs particularly with their special faces, you know, they do get them up and to have respiratory needs, and also, and also um, snoring. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough. You know, you'll hear your cat, and the cat is basically a Persian cat, you'll hear them ignoring. But you know, they tend to be very gentle breeds, they're very affectionate. But I do agree with what you say, I mean, there's generalities, you know, within the breed, but every cat is very different. And a lot of it has to do with the cat's environment. I mean, you can have a cat breed might tend to be more aloof, or tend to be, you know, have a certain trait. But if you have a a breed that tends to be more aloof and you know the cat is it's a very loving home and you desensitize and work with your cat you know you can actually absolutely change a more aloof cat into a more affectionate cat and so, and so you have a breed that tends to be affectionate like a persian and it's not a loving home I mean, perhaps um, unfortunately it may be an abusive home you know you're going to end up with a persian cat who's not so trusting of human beings so environmental um, factors definitely come into play and you know even though breeds can have you know certain tendencies or certain traits 
I do feel as you do that each individual cat um, is a VIP, as you so aptly put it. You know, they're definitely gonna have their own preferences, their own needs, their own little, you know, cute little mannerisms and so forth. That's cool. Yeah, I'm glad you agree because <laughs> I like being agreed with. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it's interesting because um, those uh, Persians, you know, are cute cats. Leah was um, not as she was affectionate, but not like Emily and Charlotte. So my current, you know, two who are mixed breeds, so short hair and a long hair, uh, are very affectionate cats. Um, so uh, Leah was nice. She wasn't, you know, distant or anything, but not as effusive and affectionate and vocal as my two are funny about you mentioned the snoring because my emily uh snores a little bit like a persian it's quite loud in fact last night i had to turn on a noise machine because my cat was keeping me awake with her snoring <laughs> and uh and uh, charlotte snores a little bit but not often and not not every time and so that's uh, interesting the other thing i was going to ask you uh and uh this might be the last thing because uh, we're almost at the 7 30 time that for us and so is i mentioned the health issues right now a lot of times what i need to remind people of is a, a behavior issue could be a purely behavioral issue from the environment from the family from the energy in the house but it could also be stemming from some kind of physical issue the cat could be in pain could have something going on with it that it's not able to communicate to you or tell you and therefore it's you know manifesting as a behavioral problem so i think it's my suggestion is always really it's really important to rule out physical things when there's a behavioral thing uh perhaps even at the same time and not just um and not just to do it after you've already ruled out all the behavioral issues because then it might be a little bit too late because pkd for example the polycystic kidney disease that that uh, the persians are prone to actually if you catch it early you can you know be done with it and the cat can live a normal life but if you wait just a little bit too long then there's not much you can do other than help it to minimize its pain and you know various things so it's really important to catch it early, which is why I say to pay very close attention to their physical health, their urination and all that stuff. So the, the last thing I was going to ask you really is what your advice is when it comes to behavioral issues that manifest first or that are coming from a physical issue. Yeah. So whenever a client contacts me with a behavior issue, the first thing I always say to them is we should rule out anything medical first. It's the first thing I always say. Because all of the behavioral intervention in the world is not going to do anything if the cat is suffering from some type of physical, you know, or medical problem. So something like litter box. So, you know, we were talking about cats who have kidney issues. That can, you know, kidney issue can absolutely manifest itself in litter box problems. If the cat has any, um, problems or pain with urination, that cat won't lose the box. The cat will then associate the box with the pain. So if somebody comes to me with a litter box issue, I'll say, I want you to take your cat to the vet and rule it in medical, look for um, a urinary tract infection, kidney issues, kidney infections, bladder issues, even hyperthyroidism can cause litter box problems. But I'll say to them, concurrently, let's start attacking the behavior. 
So if, we tur if it turns out that the medical, you know, exam tells nothing's wrong, we're on the way to, you know, helping the cat behaviorally. And if there is a medical issue, often sometimes I still will need to do behavioral intervention from a different lens knowing that it's been caused by a medical issue. So, yes, that was a long way of answering the question that, yes, when a behavioral issue is presented to me, never automatically assume that the behavior is may not have a medical um, underpinning to it. Because many cat behaviors stem from a medical issue. Cats, hide, cats often hide their pain, and cats often can get to the source of their pain or they're redirected in other ways. That's interesting, yeah. So it's it's pretty much what I always suggest as well, which is either concurrently or first, let's go ahead and make sure that there's no physical problem going on uh, with the kitty cat, because that is, um, again, if they could talk, they'd probably tell you, oh, my, you know, my, my side hurts or, you know, my leg hurts or whatever, or it hurts when I pee, but they can't talk, so they don't show it that way, and they communicate it otherwise, which is interesting because um, my, you know, I know my cats very well, and so they communicate to me with actions <laughs> very clearly sometimes. Um, but one thing that I, I, it's a very recent finding actually, is that cats uh, communicate responsively, and what I mean by that is that they. Uh, th so there's again like like with the health issues and with the behavioral issues and you know and the tendencies and traits there are a few broad generalities when it comes to the meowing the vocalizations that you know you could pretty much assume if it's growling and hissing at you it's not happy it's angry uh, and if it's purring it's pretty happy or soothing or, or whatever but as far as all the rest of the nuances go with the meowing What's been found recently is that they're responsive, meaning they're adapting their meow to you and to and they're observing you and the way you react to their meowing and they're adapting the meow to, to basically they're training you and saying, when I say this, you do that when they discover that. And so interestingly, um, I've noticed some obviously trends with my cats and, and which yeah, like Charlotte uses the howl. You know, the, the almost the mating call howl when she need, wants my attention from when she wants to get my attention because she knows I will respond to that. Whether she's downstairs, I'll go downstairs. If she's upstairs and I'm in bed, that means wake up. I want you to play with me. So it, it's it's really interesting that she knows that that one is the one that'll you know get my attention away from whatever I'm already focused on. And then she has other ones as well. And Emily has her own set, which are very different. Emily does not use that howling meow ever. I've never heard her do that. Rarely, except maybe sometimes when she might have like a little stomach ache or something. And she's like running around because the, the, she's got a tummy ache or whatever. So that's the only time she'll use that one. So that's completely different than when Charlotte uses that one. Yeah, and it's so, really interesting because they will modify the meows based on how we react. And, you know, if your cat has a certain meow that she loses when she's hungry, and she notices that you start responding to a certain pitch or volume or intonation, she will then use that specific meow from then on to let you know that she's hungry. And cat owners will tell you that we know our cat's hungry meow. We know our cat's greeting meow. We know our cat's, you know, I want to pet meow. 
yeah. And, and really, cats are amazing communicators as long as we humans tune into what they're saying. But they really are very responsive and adaptive to their human beings. And that's because they love us and they want to communicate with us. It's, it's really quite wonderful. It is wonderful, isn't it? And it's very different from dogs because dogs don't generally modify their barking for you they they bark and there are and there's there's very stereotypical bark 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 you know and uh and and this kind of bark means that and growling means it's angry and that's it and there's not too much variation in it there is some and there's some clever dogs that will do that but in general a dog just you know barks and it it has its excited bark it has its you know hungry bark it has its begging noises that it makes and all that whereas a cat is it's almost like a much larger language a bigger vocabulary if you will yes some of us think it's because cats are smarter than dogs but i don't want to offend my friends who love dogs so i'm not going to say that but i i think we know that in general they're more intelligent creatures again as a generality there are of course stupid cats out there and brilliant dogs you know the, the you know the kinds that can you know uh figure out things and find people and all of that so there's brilliant dogs and stupid cats but in general the cat is a much more clever creature and of course it has affection much to my you know behest a lot of countries still regard animals as non-sentient and i think that's evil because Cats are sentient. They do love you. They do they do miss you when you go. It's not just because you feed it and change the litter box. It's because they actually genuinely have affection for you. And, you know, it's, it's weird. People who, I, I find it, you know, quite annoying. People who disregard that and think, oh, it's not true. It's not a stuffed animal. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a creature with love, with emotions, with feelings, and with thoughts as well. Now, granted, its thoughts are not as complex as yours or mine, thinking about, you know, the theory of relativity or whatever, but it does have thoughts. It has a life and, uh, you know, and a spirit if you, if you believe in that stuff. And if you don't believe in that stuff, fine. It has a life. It has. It's living. It's not a virus or bacteria living. It's a complicated living with thinking patterns and everything that is not that much lower on the evolutionary scale than the human. In fact, they evolved with us very symbiotically over over history, protecting our grain, keeping rodents out of our crops, doing a lot to develop that symbiotic relationship with human beings over the centuries. So yeah, I think... Meow falls right in that category. So like the cats don't use meows to communicate with other cats. So, yeah. so if he doesn't go to Puffy and say, hey, meow, 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 and Puffy doesn't answer, yeah, meow. I mean... The cat's cat meow is mainly for human beings. So yes, to um, tag on to what you're saying, the meow is absolutely developed as a symbiotic relationship between cats. Yeah, and Charlotte is brilliant because Charlotte has this, uh, I call it a roar, because it sounds like a high-pitched roar. <laughs> and it's just it's just lovely and she knows I love when she does that and she knows that it, it usually gets either affection or playtime or it gets attention or it gets me to sing to her because she'll sometimes sing in response to that and then I'm like hello you know and we have these whole lengthy conversations with it and I think she enjoys it as much as I do to be honest but uh, but that's the that's the thing so those were th those are really the topics I wanted to discuss with you today on this January thing I wanted to discuss our resolutions 
objectives, whatever you want to call them, for the year, uh, as well as some of these topics that I've been talking about on the rest of the podcast and other social media channels, which is, of course, the Persians. And uh, we then got into a little bit of the meowing and the nuancing and all that, which is really, really cool. So is there anything else you'd care to say or ask before I end off our episode today? I think that was a perfect ending, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next month. Absolutely, yeah. I'm looking forward to the, the month of love, which will be, of course, our theme for the month of February. How could it not be with Valentine's Day, I think, being the, the, the week after or a few days after we we will be recording next month so thank you once again good luck launching this uh say the name of the charity one more time so it's going to be called all cats all the time all cats all the time so i love it and like i said the offers there if you need any help what i do aside from cats is nonprofit organization management i'm actually chairman of one here and uh, a non-executive director in another so let me know if you need my help I, i'll be honored and grateful to to help you on that mission of uh you know helping cats obviously i always tell people i love people but i like cats better <laughs> i love that myself <laughs> exactly. I knew you would. So anyway, happy Catterday, and uh, we'll see you next month. Thank you. Take care. Yeah.